0: Welcome to Tuesdays with Andrea. It's the inspiration station for everyday people guiding humanity forward. I'm your host, Andrea Rios McMillan, and every week I pursue conversations that matter with people who can relate to the common struggles we all face. You'll get to know the person behind the profession and find commonality with people of all ages, cultures, and backgrounds. Listen as friends, neighbors, and coworkers offer meaningful personal explorations of modern life and the values we hold dear, all for the purpose of strengthening and uplifting others. Welcome to this special episode of Tuesdays with Andrea. I just wrapped up season three and uh, two nights ago, my dad called me and he goes, Mija, you have to, you have to interview Tony Guerrero with La Sombra. And uh, they're in town. And I wanted to take advantage of this moment to honor a hometown hero. Uh, Tony Guerrero is with the band La Sombra. They um, are a major Tejano recording band um, in the 80s, 90s and 2000s. And uh, Tony Guerrero, welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you're here.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Thanks to your dad. Also, you know, Arturo Rios. And um, first of all, I'm not a hero. I haven't saved anybody yet. <laughs> so until I <laughs> say... Hometown some, legend? Well, hometown. maybe something like that. Well, I grew up, in, I, I grew up here in this area. Of, um, you know, I lived here for many years. But yeah, but that's what we're here for. We're going to be t- talking about La Sombra, how it started and all that.
0: Yeah. And also to give you, I would say, the recognition you deserve. Um, because you did come from Aurora and you did make it into the Tejano music industry. And your music... And your dedication to your music, because I think music is so important and it's a language in and of itself. And so your dedication to your craft and your ability to create music that inspires and that touches people in ways that you probably will never know the full extent. But even the influences that you've made, I think, are very important. And so uh, that's one of my goals here is to give you the recognition that you deserve as part of your lasting career.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you very much. and. Was, yes, well, let's platicamos. We'll, we'll let them know everything where that like my nephew Jesse would say, we went from Westwood to Hollywood. <laughs> you know, uh, Westwood
0: to Hollywood. And he yeah. made it big. So my Theo Tony, so you have two big fans uh, in and my dad, um, and also my Theo Tony, who is your nephew. Yes. And my Theo Tony texted me this earlier and I thought it would be good to read it. He said, In nineteen eighty-four, my uncle packed up and left Aurora in pursuit of following his dream of making it big in the Tejano music. 38 years later, he is known as an icon and legend and holds multiple awards for Artists of the Year and several Gold and Platinum albums. And I think that's major. I think that speaks to the influence that you've had in the industry, but also to people who just admire your ability to achieve and to go for it. I think that's a big deal.
1: Yes, Um Well, you know, this is the first time I'm gonna talk it like this, like you're saying it. You know, yes, we conquered, we achieved, we 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 did all that, and we must be doing something right. You know, 38 years later, we're still we're still around. But I I always see myself as just like any other person. You know, I see awards and I get nominated for Grammys and stuff like that. But I just see myself as as just like everybody else. I don't see myself as better than somebody else, but then again, I don't see anybody else better than me either, you know, because, and, um, but yes, we have accomplished a lot, and we call our fans Sombraholics. Sombraholics. Yeah, (laughs) we call our fans uh, Sombraholics. Hashtag
0: (laughs) Sombraholics.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, we really appreciate, you know, the love and support they've given us. We're going into, um, I can say, over four decades, my nephew's saying 38 years, because we went to Texas in eighty four. But we had already been playing since like seventy five or somewhere around there. So it's already a little bit over four decades, you know. We've been around that long and and thanks to God and the Sombraholics, uh, you know, I think we've been doing something right and um we will continue to uh music till the Lord says you can't do it no more, you know. <laughs> um but yeah, that's what we're doing. Thank you to everybody out there. Thank you to you, you know, um, it's it's like a team. Yeah. You know, yes, the artists we uh, create some music and stuff like that. But then we have you guys, you know, that we that do what we're doing right now, you know. You're promoting me, you're promoting my my name La Sombra, you know, and all all the DJs, radio stations, all the media, you know, and most of all the fans, you know. Well, most of all, the, song of the Alex
0: Yeah, and that's important. And um, I, I care about the message, and I care about wanting to send a message or share the message of of your story okay. in a in a new way that helps people to take away the pieces that inspire and uplift. So more more so than just being a marketing piece or promotion piece for you, there's there is information that you have gained over your life, that is very important for the next person to hear. Maybe Mm -hmm. they haven't heard your story yet. Maybe younger generations aren't familiar with La Sombra in the way that other people are, but they're going to know your story. And I want them to know your story in a way that's, that's great. Um, so let's start with so a Grammy nominated, did you win any awards? What's what's been kind of like the, the peak of your career? Or achievements? Uh,
1: the, the biggest peak of, was, as far as awards, was being nominated for a Grammy. Yeah. Which was in, back in 92, I think. Uh-huh. But.
0: How did you wait? So well, how did you learn that you were nominated?
1: It was all over the news after we got nominated that, <laughs> you know, says, so we started freaking out, you know, ourselves, you know, we're nominated for a Grammy. and said, wow, that's pretty cool. And, um. We've been nominated for various different awards in, in the Tejano music industry. Uh, but the Grammys is one of the biggest ones. And uh, it was, yeah, we, it was very exciting. You know, we have the plaques and everything at home, you know, mm-hmm. well, I'm, I'm living in San Antonio right now.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so um, it's, it's, it's a great feeling, you know, um, it was exciting. I, honestly, when I went to the Grammys, I totally forgot why, why I was there. I saw voice to man over here. <laughs> I saw Color Me Bad over here. So I was trying to take pictures with everybody. You were being a
0: fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: You know, so I totally forgot why I was there, you know. And we didn't win, but the thing about it was that we were nominated. You yeah. Know? But, and it was a lot of fun getting to meet so many artists that I would see on TV and stuff like that. Because, see, see, I see myself as a, just an ordinary person, you know. But then I saw all these people that I would see on TV and, you know, It was, it was pretty awesome.
0: And being able to be in the same room with these people that you look up to, who's been, who is an artist that has really impacted you?
1: Me? Um, There's so many. There's so many. But if you really put it that way, I would have to say my mom. Oh. My mom has, from since I was a little baby, she would sing to me. I think that's where I got my singing from, from her. I learned how to harmonize from her. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, she would sit me on her lap when I was like maybe five, six years old, and she would. My mom didn't know how to read. She didn't know how to write. She couldn't. She didn't even know how to uh, write her name. She, whenever they ever asked her for their signature, she would sign a little cross. But she could sing. She could sing, and and um, <clears throat> she would sit me on her lap, and and then she would start singing to me. But she would sing to me almost every day. And singing so much to me, I, I started le- I think that's how I started learning Spanish too. You know? <laughs> and so I started learning the lyrics to the songs. And at one point, when she would start singing, I would start singing with her. And then once I started singing her, then she started harmonizing me. And I think that's how I learned how to harmonize and, and do all that stuff as far as vocalizing.
0: So she was also a musician or she was just gifted at at song She was
1: just gifted at singing. She would never did anything like perform or stuff like that. She would just sing to herself. Yeah. You know, and to me before us, my brother Cruz who's is, was is is a big part of La Sombra, he had a band also, but before my brother Cruz, it was my our sisters, Maria Luisa uh, who was a big song successful songwriter for La Sombra and my sister Felipa that which is Tony's mom, mm-hmm. my nephew that wrote that, and uh, they used to sing. They used to be called Las Hermanitas Guerrero. So there's a lot, of, a lot, a lot of musical. They came out of my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad played a little bit of guitar, but my mom did a lot of singing. You know, so.
0: so talk to me about those early years. Did you guys? So you grew up in Aurora? Born in Aurora?
1: No, I was born in Brownsville, Texas, mm-hmm. and we used to come up north to. Um, Ohio, Michigan, here in Illinois, or go up towards Montana. After we used to come out here as migrant workers and work in the fields, you know, you name it, we picked it, tomato, everything, strawberries, watermelon. We picked it. And, uh, one day, uh, during the winter time, my dad just decided not to go back to Texas and got a job during a factory job during the, uh, winter and we stayed up here and, and that's how we ended up staying up here and up north. Okay. And then we spent a lot of time here in um in Aurora, Illinois, Chicago. And after we found out we could well we thought we could sing or you know so we started uh learning how to play instruments and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And then how so you realized you had a gift of singing and then you got into instruments. How did your band start? Like how what was the beginning of the band and your journey into moving to Texas from Aurora?
1: my brother Cruz was at the time playing with another band called um, Los Cinco Latinos, and then they changed it to La Conexion Latina. And they used to practice in my basement. And man, I was about maybe 11 years old, 10 years old. And then um, well, they had all their equipment in my basement. That's where they would practice it. Mm-hmm. So I would go down there and started messing started messing with uh, with my brother's keyboard. And and I learned it before that i had tried to i i like brass a lot mm-hmm. trumpets saxophones and stuff i wanted to learn a saxophone so i told my dad to buy me a saxophone he bought it and i couldn't and i tried to play what these records uh, artists would play on their who had recorded and i i told my dad it's too hard I said, can you give me a trumpet <laughs> so he got me a trumpet and i tried the trumpet too and i i couldn't get it you know so i left it alone but then when my brother and my cousins used to practice in my house, I would go into the basement and start messing with my brother's keyboard. And I just picked it up and learned out it all on my own. And that's where it all started. And then it's, a, it's a big family thing. The uh, family that my brother was playing with have uh, younger brothers also, which are my cousins also. So they also started learning how to play guitars and stuff like that. And bass and we just started getting together in the basement like they did, and and
0: jamming out. Mm-hmm. So, were you making Tejano music, or are you making just what kind of songs were you doing?
1: Well, I liked all kinds of music. I started perform- playing keyboards with this uh, band here. Uh, I can't remember the name, but we would play all like cumbias. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then I started performing uh, with another group that would play top forty. I would play keyboards for them it was an awesome band. And then I then I started La Sombra with some my family, you know, with Jesse, our Tony's brother. Mm-hmm. And um Frankie Tarino, our cousin. And we were around for a few years, maybe five, six years before we recorded our first single 45 vinyl record. And um, that's how we got we started here in this in the Aurora area, Chicago area. And once we did a whole LP. A uh, vinyl record now uh, we changed the name to La Sombra de Chicago.
0: Why La Sombra?
1: Well I going back to again my my brother the band my brother my, and my cousins were playing with, you know, I was trying to get a name for the my band and one of my cousins says why don't you call it La Sombra de la Conexion Latina? You know, the shadow of the connect the Latin connection. So I went to my mom. My mom says Mingo says I should call it La Sombra de la Conexión Latina. My mom says, you ain't nobody's shadow. (laughs) (laughs) If you want it, you can call it the shadow, but you are nobody's shadow. You are you, mijo. And so I kept the name La Sombra and that's how I got it. And later on we added La Sombra de Chicago.
0: So is there a, um, a meaning behind the shadow, like La Sombra, why the shadow?
1: Well, it's because.
0: Oh, is it because if originally you felt like you were in their shadow?
1: Well, it wasn't even my idea of calling la- calling it the shadow of the Latin con- the Latin connection sh- shadow. You know, it's like they're the originals and you're the shadow yeah. of them. Yeah, you know,
0: like paying respect. Yeah, almost. That was the original yeah. like well, they, thought it could, work, it could
1: work both ways. It's like paying respect, or you're trying to be like us. Yeah, you know, so you're a shadow. You know, so that's why my mom said, you're nobody's shadow. You you are, you are you.
0: You're La Sombra.
1: Yeah. and You're so, the
0: shadow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's how the name came came up.
0: Smart woman. Yeah. Right. It worked out for you. <laughs>
1: yeah. She, she, in her own way, she was kind of smart and uh, very smart. And, um, and, and like I said, then later we added La Sombra de Chicago.
0: So, um, when you're starting out and you're making music and you said it was like four or five years before you made your first single. What are those early days like as a, as musicians trying to make it? Did you lose hope? Did you ever have doubt? Did you? Was the struggle real in those early stages? Or were you like emboldened by your dream?
1: Honestly, I never dreamt about it. I never dreamt about it. I loved music. I was playing music out of heart. I had my 40 hour job. Once I was 14, 15 years old, I went and got a part-time job. Where at?
0: Uh,
1: Oh, there's a place called Seaboard uh, Company in Bristol. Okay. And then I started working at the Caterpillar Cafeteria, Tambienian also. And um, I would work my 40 hours. And on the weekends, you know, I would have to go rent a little U-Haul. And and then go perform Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then by the time I got home, it was already 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. I had to unload the equipment. Then I had to go drop out the, the little U-Haul and then I had to be at work at 7. So <laughs> I did it out of love. You know, I never I never dreamt that uh, La Sombra was going to blow up the way it did. You know.
0: You just loved the music?
1: Yes. So music. I I Yeah. I never dreamed about uh, the, trying to be somebody or... Blow up the way the band did, you know. I never thought about it, you know, and it it just happened, you know. And uh, thanks to all the sombreros, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it just happened, you know. I I never really dreamed about it, and and then after a while, you know, I said, "Whoa, what's going on here?" There's a lot of money coming in, and this, you know. So then I kind of like started looking at it as a business, also,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, because I, I was doing it out of heart. You know.
0: Were you making money the first four years, three years?
1: Well, we would play for weddings, quinceañeras, and open up for—I um, don't like to say open up. We would, we would perform for <laughs> with bigger bands that would come from Texas to play town music over here. I always give advice to the uh, new kids. I said, never say you're going to open up for somebody. Never say you're going to open up for somebody. Say, hey, we're going to perform with so-and-so, and we're going to perform with so-and-so, but never say you're going to open up for anybody because all you do is put yourself down, you know, so.
0: It seems like you have um, a good a good esteem in that way. You're really conscious of not putting language out there that would diminish you or your performance.
1: Yes, you know, and well, at first I didn't think about it like, like that, you know. Um it was because I just loved it. You know, just loved playing music, you know, and, and uh, and, and I would always say, ah, oh, we're going to play with so-and-so or perform with so-and-so and I never thought about it as we're going to open up. We're going to open up. But then some, somebody started telling me, Hey, you guys go, you gonna open up for something? I go open up. No, I, I don't understand that. I didn't understand that language at first, you know, and then, then I caught on to I said, no, we're going to perform with so-and-so. and We're going to perform with so-and-so. We're not going to open up for nobody.
0: <laughs> Why know? is that important for young, like, newer artists to know and to be conscious of that? Why?
1: It's like going back to when I said I'm just an ordinary person like everybody else. It's like I know Michael Jackson has. He had his humongous. But in reality, he's just another person like you, like me, like him. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all just another person, you know, and some of us just uh, have more money than others. Some of us are more popular than others. But in reality, we're all just another person like each everybody else. So that's why when they tell me uh, for the newcomers, I tell them, you know, never say you're going to open up for anybody. You're just as good as they are. They're just known, you know.
0: More people know them.
1: Yeah, more people know them. But in reality, they're just another person like you.
0: But they're not better than you. Yeah. And you're not better than anyone else. Exactly. You treat everyone the same and everyone has equal value. that's
1: me. That's my heart, you know, so. That's awesome. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Okay, so let's talk about, uh, so now you formed La Sombra. You made your first hit single. How did this come about? Like, was this a time where you just kind of met the right people, got into the right studio, and then, you know, created a song, a hit song? Were you surprised that it became a hit?
1: Yes, nothing was planned. We just wanted it was, everything was just like we hey let's try to record something, and you know, just out of love for the music. And my sister who wrote many hits for La Sombra, golden platinum hits for La Sombra, she wrote uh, Mi Juarita Coca Cola for us, and we recorded it. Like I said, you know, we weren't planning. Um, well, I wasn't. I don't know about the rest of the guys what they were thinking, but I, I was just doing music out of love. And, and, uh, she wrote the song for us and I don't know if she knew what she was doing either, And um, but she wrote many hit songs for La Sombra. So she wrote the first song for us and, and it was a big, gigantic hit, which was, uh, Mi Güerita Coca-Cola, okay. you know, and, uh, but yes, we were planning on recording it stuff like that. We told ourselves, let's save up some money and, and record, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, out of love.
0: Out of love. So were you already in Texas at the time, or were you no. here?
1: No, we were still here in, in in Aurora, and we rented the studio to go do the, our recordings.
0: Is it true that you started at the Stardust Ballroom, which is now the Paramount Arts Theater?
1: Oh, yeah. Actually, our, our very first show was there at the Stardust.
0: How did that feel, having your first show in your hometown with people coming to see you play?
1: Man, I was so nervous. Really, it <laughs> but it, it turned out great after all. And then after that, from there on, it was all history.
0: Okay, so oh, you guys had a hit. Now you're getting popularity here. Mm-hmm. What gives you the courage to say, "I'm stopping. I'm going to quit my job"? Because you were working still steady jobs up until probably around that time. What gives you the the confidence to say, "Hey, I'm going to go full pursue this full time, and I'm going to move and take us to sh- to Texas"?
1: Um, you know, I had just passed the test to work at the post office. Really? <laughs> yeah, I had just passed it, you know, and I was very proud of myself because we come from an uneducated family. I had just taken the test and I had passed it, but I just made a choice to go, um, took a chance with the music. I got it out again, again, out of love and we did it and it turned out that it we were wasn't luck, nothing nothing that uh, with luck. Just I believe on in, in God, you know, mm-hmm. in Him, and again I wasn't planning. I we just recorded. I mean, some other people got involved and they presented our record to a record label in Texas, and and they started distributing it to radio stations, and it, it just blew up.
0: So then you, so it was a record label in Texas, and then you just built an audience there?
1: Yeah. Well, it had a lot to do, La Sombra had a lot to do, um, not just with the music that we were performing. And one of the things that helped us a lot was we were totally, like, one of a kind, different. no disrespect to all the groups in the Tejano music industry, but we were totally a little different because my passion for music from the beginning was hip-hop, R&B. Mm-hmm. And then when I got Pepper and Harvey joined the band, they had a three-piece band that they played nothing but covers of rock music, Kiss, and all that stuff. So when we would do our shows, live shows, we would mix the Tejano with the hip-hop and the R&B and stuff, and, and we would do a lot of choreography to our our. Uh, music and shows you know and so that made us a lo- whole lot different mm-hmm. than what's not happening in the Han the music you know we were like uh Johnny Canales started calling us a number one show band you know yeah like that stuff like that you know which in reality man the English market you know hip-hop R&B the rock and roll they had bigger bigger shows you know and so that's what we were trying to started trying to do, you know, mixed uh, hip-hop, like I said earlier, with uh, rock and lo Tejano, and try to do different things with using effects on stage and bringing all that into La Onda Tejana that nobody was using or Mm -hmm. doing. And that's what made us or helped us a little bit more than just recording music, you know, our Mm -hmm. showmanship that what we did on stage to Tejano music.
0: So that was your your unique contribution, was being one of their pioneer bands to... Bring hip hop R and B style choreography into cumbia into Tejano. Yes,
1: that's what it was. And
0: you guys were a pioneer in that way,
1: kind of like yeah, yeah. Or yes, like
0: I would. uh, Another band that I can think of that does that um, is Cumbia Kings, which I know was
1: influenced by your music. Well, they're my family. Yeah. (laughs) So,
0: like, that's that's incredible. Like, it just shows the level of your of. One person who doesn't want who's not meaning to change the world yeah. but is doing that just by making and creating music he loves.
1: Yeah. Well, actually the owner of the Cumbia Kings is my nephew Cruz.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so he's the owner of the Cumbia Kings. And I got my nephew he was part of La Sombra. He was a keyboard player for La Sombra before he went to uh did the Cumbia Kings. My nephew Alex, which is son of my sister who wrote all the songs for us, he has K one, Kings One. And they just started doing Kings One again because he went t- uh, to work with my nephew Cruz with the Kumbia Kings for the past five years, and now they're going back to K One. So there's a lot. Of, we're a big family involved in the music business. My sister Yoli has some that's doing Trilogy Mafia here in 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 A Town and and they do rap. Okay, you know, and he's got. Uh, they're called Trilogy Mafia, and Los Bad Hombres because they they. Rec- They perform with live instruments and stuff like that, like La Sombra does, you know. Like because I say that because usually rap music they usually hire have a DJ, you Mm -hmm. know, and they and they're playing samples and stuff like that. My 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 son is involved in the music too. He started with me with La Sombra, but he totally took a different turn and he's doing rap music now, and he's with a group called the Frito Gang. And they're doing very well. They, they they had like over 3 million streams on their from what, first song. So that they're doing something good.
0: So that's awesome. The show is like, um, obviously, it's a family business. And it yeah. sounds like music, of course, runs in your family. You guys have several talented musicians. I think about um, my tío Tony, his son, Isaac, who is a, yeah. a young? He is so good with the with the drums, know, and Isaiah will probably be his his rock band manager in the in the future. But this is the the talent, and also I think the passion to music that I think is is awesome to see it continue.
1: I he sent me a video of him of Isaac, and I asked him if I could post it, and he got really really a big good response on it. Yeah, I I saw him when he first started learning. And I've been told that when kids, you know, they'll get involved with music or dancing and stuff like that. till they're about five, six years old. And if they keep it up after after that, that means they're going to do it. So I noticed Tony's little boy doing that at that age. So I said, Well, I'm gonna wait and see what happens. Uh, You know, because of what they had told me Uh they told me or, or I read it in a magazine or something like that. And then when he sent me that video, I said, oh my God, you know, this little boy, <laughs> He's he surprised me yeah. big time. So I asked him, can I post this video? And I posted it and he got a really good response on it from the people. He's awesome. Yeah, he is. Very and awesome. They're,
0: they're both very, very talented kids. And um, also shout out to my Tia Elena who helped me kind of form some questions because, you know, my dad called me Thursday and today's Saturday morning. So I'm over here getting questions together. So I was on the phone with them and they're helping Hola, me. Hola Tia Lana. Hola Tia, how are you? <laughs> um, okay, so then how is it working with family and being like having family in your business? Like literally.
1: Well, do you have brothers and sisters?
0: I have a tw- I have um two
1: brothers and two uh, sisters. Well, I don't know about your family, but my family is a bigger bigger family and How many siblings? Well, I have a total of five sisters. Okay. and five brothers. Okay. Two brothers that passed away and, and then my brother Gavin and Cruz okay. and me. And but um like any other family, you know, we have a good time, We fight. We get mad at each other, so we get mad at each other, you know. <laughs> you know and because um, there's there's so much talent there, you know. There's so much talent, you know, to where some can do their own thing, you know. Some can are at the point where they can do everything themselves, you know. And and me, I can do everything myself now. You know, my nephew, some of my nephews that I mentioned earlier, Cruz from the Kumi Kings, Alex from K1, they do everything themselves, tambien. Of course, we have the the band to perform live, you know, but going back to what you were asking, yes, we, we get along, we get into fights, you know, and it's typical, you know. Yeah. Just like any other family. Just you know? get over it after
0: yeah. a few, after a little while.
1: And if we don't go get over it, I'm always in the middle trying to get trying to get over it <laughs> to a peacemaker? Get try to make try to try to get yeah to be the okay. peacemaker
0: anything that you like about working with family that sticks out to you other than the benefits of being able to have that quality time
1: well i worked with family for a long time then i stopped working with family and then i'm working with family again so either way it's good either way you know, it's good. But, when the family is not there, you start missing the family. Yeah. You know, so.
0: Okay. So then um, you guys hit it big and you're now La Sombra and you're getting wait, popular. Wait, wait you guys say
1: La Sombra. La Sombra. Like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So you guys are big. You guys are known. Are you, you know, in Texas, are you guys pretty popular at that time?
1: Uh, Mexico,
0: what was your main markets and what how what was the frequency of your guys is like traveling? Were you on constantly on the road? Were you visiting different countries?
1: From maybe from 1975 to 83. It was all in the all and just in the Midwest. Okay. And then 83, we recorded the first album and blew up and when it was released in 84. So it was basically more of just Texas Tejano music, you know, Mm -hmm. and then in 1981, we we recorded our first record that we did a crossover into the Mexican market. Mm -hmm. And so and then after that, it was pretty much the United States and all over Mexico.
0: Any favorite, any like favorite cities, favorite towns, favorite venues?
1: There's so many, so many Uh, favorite
0: performance.
1: The, you know, I'll have to say Los Angeles and here in Chicago and Monterrey, Mexico. Monterrey.
0: And what was that like, like being on the road and having fans, having groupies?
1: Well, groupies. <laughs> Did you have groupies? No? Well, I guess all musicians do. <laughs> When I first started music, I always wanted to be like Michael Jackson, you know, nobody can be, there's nobody who can be like Michael Jackson, you know, uh, but that I would always practice break dancing and, and try to learn how to Michael Jackson would dance and stuff like that. Back then, we went to Texas and here working in the United States and the fans love you, you know, but then when you cross over to Mexico, they treated us over there like if I was a Mexican Michael Jackson.
0: Oh really? Yeah, you know. So good, I, good.
1: Yeah, because I mean, we would go to do TV shows and stuff, and I would freak out because they were running or chasing the bus, and I go, "I've seen all this happen to Michael Jackson, <laughs> you know." So it was, it felt pretty cool, pretty awesome, you know. The Mexican
0: uh, Michael Jackson, I like that.
1: <laughs> you know, so uh, it it was awesome. It was awesome, you know. Um, and so now we go both ways, you know, the United States and Mexico. Um,
0: what about sex, drugs, and rock and roll during that time? Having exposure at a high level to all of this stuff, what was that like? As a musician, I'm sure you've seen it all.
1: I've seen it all. 99% of the people don't believe it, but I've never smoked. I've never drank. I've never done any kind of drugs. I've been offered You name it, I've been offered. Many of the people that have offered it to me, they say they don't believe me that I don't do anything. And then many tell me, man, I wish I could be like you. And many would tell me, man, you're square, you know. (laughs) I go, you call me, what you want to do? But, you know, uh, I've never liked it. I mean, I tasted beer. I tasted alcohol. I never liked it
0: what so aside from not liking it did you have any other like conviction or or was there an ethical or moral stance or what kept you because what i hear especially from artists is in having exposure sometimes they go crazy um or it can be a big downfall a big detractor from your career in your case you didn't go that route and you you kept square do you like, Gee, was you're it? calling me square too. <laughs> <laughs> Did it help you? Did it, what was the reason that kept you focused?
1: Well, I hope I don't offend anybody with what I'm about to say. But since I was sober all the time, <laughs> <laughs> since I was sober all the time, I was never I've never been mean to people. I've always tried to be nice to people, you know. And because I know a lot of times you can't control it. You know, I have family that have been involved in drugs and liquor, and I've seen them that they they couldn't control it. Yeah. You know, but it happens not only to my family, to everybody. We're like, it goes back to the beginning, you know. We're just normal people like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And the things that would turn me off is like when somebody really drunk, a fan would come up to me and and start talking to me, and, and they're spitting all over me, you know. And they don't notice it because they're feeling good or whatever. I'm noticing it because I'm sober. Yeah. You know, things like that, you know. And then I don't really party much because if I would go to parties, everybody's drinking and stuff like that. And I'm just standing there, you know, watching everybody act like they're acting. I'm not saying you're acting like a fool or whatever, but it happens sometimes. Yeah. You know, yeah. And and I'm not perfect. You know, even though I'm sober all the time, I'm still not perfect. And I'm not a perfect person. I try to be. That's the only thing, you know, I've seen family members. I've seen uh, friends that have so much talent, beautiful voices are beautiful at playing music instruments. And the drugs or the alcohol get, uh, yeah. takes it away from them,
0: mm-hmm. you know. Yeah.
1: And, and uh, me... Like I'm sober all the time. I see everything, mm-hmm. you know. I, I, number one, I've never liked it, and number two is that from being sober all the time, I see what it does to the peop to people. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what inspired you as an artist during that time? So you're you're making music, what you love, and you enjoy doing that. But what drove you to continue to pursue and push push through?
1: Mostly again, my mom, my sisters that I mentioned earlier. They recorded some records too, and both of them had beautiful voices and uh then later on when i i was I, I started singing with my mom, you know I said, well maybe i I can do something with singing you know and we started creating a band you know and and
0: is there a song that your mom used to sing to you, or you used to sing together so
1: there's so many old songs that she would sing from her time, you know, and um actually we performed a lot. I didn't record any of her songs that she was singing like those they were old songs. I haven't we were into more recording original music cuz we wanted uh people to uh like what we create, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um again, it was out of love, but oh, at the same time, you know, I want to be original at what I'm doing, it, yeah. you know. And that's what we did. My mom would sing a lot of old songs. We would play a lot of the songs that she would sing to me. We would we would perform live.
0: Uh-huh. Do you have any personal favorites of yours that stay in your heart forever?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, the song that my mom would always sing, Te vas, angel mio, te vas, te vas ahí, sin saber que aquí dejas un corazón a sufrir. You know, that's one of the great songs that my mom would sing.
0: For uh, English speakers, what does that song say?
1: Uh, she's saying, it's saying like, my angel is, you're leaving me, you know, and you're leaving without knowing the pain you're leaving in my heart. Because mm. she had yeah.
0: to let you go in a way. Because yeah. she had to let you go to go yeah. perform. Um, what did she say when you guys made it big?
1: I think my mom and dad were like me, like like they never thought about it, that, you know. And she knew that I loved music and it was just like a hobby. Mm-hmm. And, um, honestly, I don't remember, no, I take it back. I see. I do remember her just, just saying, um, uh, saying things like go do your thing, Miko, or you sounded real good. Cause we, every once in a while we would take him to our shows, you know, and, but I do remember her saying, yeah, that you guys sounded really good. I'm proud of you and mm-hmm.
0: this Um, when you're touring around, so you had your, your family, your core family as a a major source of inspiration. Um, and you mentioned a son, is he your only child? Yes. Um, did you ever get married at all or? Me? Yeah.
1: No, I've never been married.
0: Was it because of the band life or?
1: I've always been scared to get married. Really? How come? I see so many people getting divorced.
0: Mm. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And my mom and dad never divorced you know, and my brother Cruz and his wife are going to, uh, August 5th, they're celebrating the 50th anniversary, mm-hmm. you know, and I was, I always thought of me about, about it like that, but then I, I would see so many people going through a hard time, breaking up, getting divorced. I go, why would I want to get married? If I end up, I'm going to end up getting divorced. You know? Yeah. I would think, why am I going to waste money? I worked hard for this money. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's the way I thought, but I regret it, you know, now that, because all my life I saw my mom and dad together, Mm -hmm. you know, and I regretted that I never gave my son a brother or sister or that his mom and dad are not together, Mm. you know, it ended up happening to me what I thought could happen. Yeah. You know, and it it did and it's life, you know. So Yeah. Um that's the only thing that I regret, you know, the but I I talked to my we me and my son have have had conversations about that. I asked him how do you feel, you know, about, about not having a brother and sister. And I, I kinda like apologize to him, you know, for n- not giving him a brother and sister and we talk about it. You say, like, I'm good, dad. I go, and, I, and I would ask him, uh, if I was to give you a little brother and sister, uh, how would you feel about that? I mean, because he, now he's 25 years old. Well, not, not lately, I haven't asked him about that, but maybe when he was about 18, 19, it was the last time I asked him. He said, Well, I'm good the way I am right now. You <laughs> pay a lot of attention to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds like you guys have a really close relationship. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. And you're leaving him a legacy mm-hmm. of talent, of music, of love. The mm-hmm. same love your mom gave you. You're leaving him. That's amazing. Let's talk about the influence, the, the Tejano industry as an industry. Is it hard to break into that market? Is it a close-knit community? And what are some, like, did you did you know Selena?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's um, what I want to know. <laughs> uh the Tejano music is not as hard to break into as rap music is, as rock and roll is. It's hard, but not as hard as these other types of music, you know. Um,
0: Did you appreciate the industry? Were they good to you? And is it close community of people or it's, recording it's, labels? It's,
1: it's, 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 it's kind of, especially in Tejano music, there's a lot of jealousy. Really? Yes. Wow. I'm going to let it out. <laughs> okay. You know, there's a lot of jealousy, you know, in hip-hop music. I think it's everywhere, but uh, more in the hip-hop, R&B, and the rock and roll, it seems like they're your friends and you can work with other artists. And then in the Mexican industry, it's like, well, the uh, Tejano industry. It's I see it like, uh, this is an example. Say you're an artist and I'm I La Sombra. And blah blah yeah, oh yeah, we're cool and this and blah blah. And I turned around and said, Oh the hell was there. You know? Okay. This it, it's that Is it pride? Is it, it, it machismo? I think I think so. Like
0: the Mexican kind of like I can this? I mean, this.
1: there's enough for everybody. Yeah. You know, but some don't see it like that. You know? And
0: I'm glad you saw it like that.
1: Yes. I mean, but then when they started doing it to me, I told myself, Well, I can be the same way. But only to the people that do it to me, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm not that kind of person, right? But there is a lot of people out there like that, especially in the Tejano music.
0: Okay, but do you, and, but you don't regret working and, and making Tejano music and making cumbias and
1: no, I don't, I don't. Um, I, I, again, I love music, you know. Okay. And, and I'll keep doing music. Even if I ain't making no money, I'll still keep doing music. Yeah. I'm going to keep doing it until, like I said earlier, until God says, you're too old, you need to lay it back and relax or you're whatever. You're going to keep doing it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> did you know Selena?
1: Did I know Selena? Yes. Um, we did many shows with her. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to go to her brother's, well, ABI, I used to go to his house. A.B. Hey, Quintanilla some, with Los yeah, Cumbia when, when, when we were in Corpus, um, way back, way back, before um, they got very popular, you know, used to go to their house and stuff like that and hang out with A.B. a little bit. Not much, just a couple of times, you know. And we would do a lot of shows together. I think one of the last shows that we did together was out here in the Midwest. And if I'm not mistaken, in Kalamazoo, Michigan, I think it was, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. But... Yeah, I kind of like knew them.
0: What was what was they like? What was she like?
1: What was <laughs> In person, I I, did-
0: she's like my like. I, it's Selena, and then Mariah Carey, and then okay. yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. No, well she? She has her talent was beautiful.
0: What about any big setbacks professionally, career-wise? Anything that could have stopped you, that or a time when you almost quit? Or you did quit maybe, or like, what do, is there any part of that where if a younger musician is coming up and they reach a point that maybe stops them, like what was that time for you?
1: Uh, Just stopping like that. I, I never, I've never been at that point Mm -hmm. because I love uh, the love I have for music, but we were in a very bad bus accident in Saltillo, Mexico to where, you know, some of the guys got really, got hurt really bad. Gracias Dios, you know nobody died. There were sixteen of us in the bus, and if you look at the bus, it, it you, we would say, God, whoever was in it didn't survive? But we all did. We just got really. I didn't. I didn't get hurt at all. But the family did. You know, they got really banged up. Some of them got really banged up, and I just asked myself, What's going to happen after this? And 2019, 2020 twenty one I had eleven surgeries. My health just took a completely turn uh a bad one and and I had eleven surgeries and and a lot of complications with my stomach and um but thank god i'm still here and now i my my last surgery was uh august last year and um I've been okay since, so I'm back at it.
0: Did the pandemic affect you at all? Like, did that have any impact on.? Just
1: got me mad. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Because we had to stay indoors, we couldn't perform, nobody could go out. Yeah. You know, other than that. And I caught it too in December of last year. And my son locked me up in the room for I don't know how many days. He'd come and knock on the door. He would, "Dad, your food's on the floor. You to get it." <laughs> I mean, of course, on the, on plates and stuff. But yeah. he wouldn't let me go out. He locked me up in the room. He wanted to keep you safe. the The only good thing about it was that I tested positive. Uh huh. But I didn't feel no symptoms at all the whole time.
0: Oh, you're asymptomatic.
1: No, yeah, I didn't nice. feel anything. You know.
0: And life doesn't end at sixty. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Um, I'm going to be 21. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm 63.
0: 63? Yes. And you're still, what are your now goals? What are you, are you guys touring again? Are you with the band? Are you promoting music? Or like, what's what's it look like now? And what do you want, where do you want to take this?
1: It looks, right now, it looks like I'm starting over again. For the fact that I just mentioned that I was, past three years, you know, my health has really Uh, Mm -hmm. took over my life and uh and so it seems like during those three years you know promoters are scared to hire us you know everybody gets sick at one point or another one yeah but since I guess since I was sick so long for a long time you know that's some of the things that I get you know and it took me a while to recover that's another one and um it's like I'm starting over again, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, everybody knows the name La Sombra still though, you know.
0: So. Yeah. And do you want to, do you want to tour again? Do you want to keep making music? Do you still make new music?
1: Yes, I still make music. I'm getting ready, hopefully, to release a new CD this year. Oh. And um, I still travel. Back maybe 15 years ago, I had a heart attack. And um, ever since then, I can, I after, after, after that. Since then, I have trouble getting in the elevator by myself. Did you
0: have the heart attack in the elevator?
1: No, no. Ever since I had the heart attack, I can't get in the elevator by myself. I get anxiety real bad. I didn't used to have it before that, so it's hard for me to get it. I haven't tried it, you know. So I'm thinking if I'm having a hard time getting in the elevator, how am I going to feel if I try to get on the plane? Yeah. You know, so I I do mostly the, if the shows that I have, I, I drive. Yeah. Some of the guys fly sometimes, but me, I drive because I, I don't know. I think about it and I tell myself, what if I go and get a flight and I'm not going to be able to get on it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, but lately I've been able to get get on the elevators. So. Okay. So. so looking
0: on looking looking good here, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> all That's, right. And then you can still create music. What is that creative process like when you're creating new music? Is it getting in a room with the other musicians and putting out music? How or do you go into a studio by yourself and do everything digit digitally? Yeah. Like
1: it's 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 all um I write a lot of songs, almost a song every morning. Really? Yes. I wake up between 4 and 6 in the morning, and and I'm just sitting there, laying there, and all these ideas come to my mind, you know, by themselves. And so I I either record myself on the phone or I start typing on my phone, and then later on I'll email it to myself Mm -hmm. to make sure I get it copyrighted. You know, so (laughs) once I email it to myself, you know, I have the proof that, I wrote this song at this time, blah, blah. Oh, you if know. you
0: email it, it's copyrighted.
1: That's one way. Okay. That's the, uh, that's the, how you say it? the uh, the ghetto way of doing it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what if, can you, what if you put it? Because uh, if you do it in your notes in your iPhone or something, does that count? Well,
1: that helps too, because, you know, when uh, nowadays technology, you know, when you do something, it sets the date and the time on it, Yeah. you know, so it's pretty much proof that you did it and then Mm -hmm. you know but if your phone breaks and it's not saved or anything like that then what Then, but that's where
0: email helps the getaway (laughs) yeah that's what
1: i do i mean it's still better to get it send it get it copyrighted you know yeah through the washington and stuff like that but um that's pretty much uh what i do i email and when i Produce the music and and arrange music arrangements to a song. I do the same thing. I email them to myself. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: so you have a writing ritual every morning. It sounds like pretty much, and yes. then you, you use that as a source for creating new content. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. What advice would you give to n- new younger artists who are coming out now who want to be where you're at? What do you tell them? What's your message?
1: Once you take that first step. You know, there's going to be, it's not all going to be glory. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's, 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 hard, hard to say, you know, like, for example, I read in a magazine, it took Beyonce, no, Destiny's Child, six years before they recorded a hit song, Mm. I read in the magazine, that's a long time, six years, but they never gave up, Mm -hmm. you know, they never gave up and look at them now. Well, look at Beyonce now, you know. Um, I never looked at it or saw it like that I, again. I was doing that out of love, but, um, there's always going to be ups and downs, you know, and if you let the down part of it get to you, it's going to hold you back a lot, mm-hmm. you know? So I would say, once you take that first step, keep going forward, especially the younger kids, the education is very important. Uh, education is very important. I see music as a gamble. You know, I see music as a gamble because everything I create. I don't know if I can say this on here or not, but everything I create sounds badass to me, (laughs) (laughs) you know. But the thing is, is the people going to accept it. Yeah. That's why I say to me, music is a gamble. So education is very important. Get your education because if it doesn't work out with your music, you have something back. Uh, fall back on, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but in music, there is a lot of ups and downs. In the Tejano music, there's uh, a lot of backstabbing and stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of alligators out there, you know. My son's a rapper, you know, and and the rap music, I noticed that because I noticed one thing, you know, because they're a new group, rapper group, and the promoters, they want the artists to pay them to perform. Yeah, I told my son, if you ever pay anybody to perform, I will beat your ass myself. <laughs> and um,
0: don't fall for that scam. Well, I think social media would help now, right? Like, because the social media allows you to, to make music and give it directly to your fans.
1: Yeah, it right? helps A lot, you know,
0: before we wrap up, I'm going to ask you for two things. One is what's going to be your last message to your sombraholics out there? Those who've been following you, those who are are wanting to just hear what you have to say, what message do you want to leave to the sombra um but before that, um for those who want to be a la sombra in the future, um what advice from a musician has helped you the most and that you would pass on?
1: um It's okay to listen to other artists because there's so many, and there's so many that have really good music and songs out there. And by that, you can create your own style of music, your own, um, uh, songs. You don't have to be another Sombra. I wouldn't recommend to try to be another Sombra, be yourself, you know, be yourself and, but it, it doesn't, it, 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 I get ideas from listening to other music. Mm -hmm. I get my own ideas, but I get ideas from listening to other music, you know, or other lyrics, you know, or just like, um, today I can write a song about today I had an awesome interview, uh, and all this and that's happened please and, do and, and, and i could turn it i could turn it around and say it was the best interview i had or it was the worst interview okay, I had. Please don't. <laughs> you know but you know you it, it's all what comes to your mind you know yeah so far it's awesome so far it's bad been badass good uh, i'm glad mad.
0: i want this to be the most badass interview ever
1: <laughs> i don't know if he'll get mad but i'm sure he's gonna watch this but you're a way better person than your dad <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, now Arturo's cool. I like to send a shout out to Arturo. Yes. He, he's got some. Uh, he's got a big show coming up um, September twenty fourth in South Padre. But he, this is what he has planned. He's got the yeah. uh, Lonely Boys. Oh, I love the
0: Lonely he, Boys too.
1: He has a country band. He has La Sombra, and he has Frito Gang. Uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty cool lineup. But he's got four different kinds of music. He's got rap music, the music, country music, and pop rock music. So I think it's going to be awesome.
0: That's awesome.
1: You know, and uh, it's going to be September 24th, I think. If not, look it up, or it'll be promoted soon. So he's got some big plans coming up, you know. And I'd like to send a shout-out to Mendoza, too. Juyel, you can't see him right now, but he's he's one of the promoters up here in the Midwest, también. Um, last night, we did a, a Meet and Greet we we came t- out here to, um, uh, Aurora because, um, we had a, f- a family member pass and we've been here s- all week. So uh, we got us, we did a meet and greet last night, which went very well. As far as going back to the uh, question, be yourself, be yourself and, and be humble. Mm-hmm. Um, do your talking on stage, do your talking with your music, you know, and um, and that's what I would do.
0: So don't be afraid, and don't be afraid to create your own music, your own, don't yeah, be defined yeah. by other people's mm-hmm. definition of what you're creating. Explore, mm-hmm. break out, and yes. make it your own.
1: Yes, yeah, be creative. You're crea- nobody's shadow. Yeah, exactly. You're nobody's shadow. you you and be you.
0: Be you. I like that. Okay. And now to your Sombra Holics out there who have been following you, who um, love you. What do you want to say to them?
1: I love them too. <laughs> <laughs> I love them too very much, you know, because with, like we were talking about earlier, the way the media is now, you know, it, it's like you can talk directly to them almost every day. And through media, through the things that I've been in the past three years with my health, you know, the way they've been there for me, it's like they went beyond being there for me just for my music. Mm. You know, I feel like they've gotten a lot closer to me, to where I can say we're like more like family than just fans and band, or band and fans, you know. And I really appreciate it, you know, the way not only me or La Sombra, but my whole family, you know, uh, not just the Kumbi Kings, K1, Trilogy Mafia, or Frito Gang. You know, uh, it's like the entire family, you know. Yeah. And I really appreciate that, you know. And if I could, I'd give the world to each and every somberholic out there. Mm. You know, and and um, <clears throat> the only one that can do it is God Almighty. Yeah. It's the, but all I can do is love you, pray for you, you know, and appreciate what you, the, the time and that you've been there for us these past four decades.
0: Yeah. I love that. And it sounds like what you're saying is you give the love that you've been given back to them, the love they give you.
1: Yeah. Something like that. You yeah. know, I really appreciate that. That's awesome. I really appreciate that. I mm. appreciate you doing what you're doing here. This interview it has been so awesome.
0: So badass. Yeah, badass. <laughs> Good. Well, I pleasure. Pleasure having you on the podcast. Uh, thank you for sharing. And um, I wish you so much um, of the of the blessings of the world as well.
1: Well, this is how awesome it is. Let's keep going. I don't want to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I really thank you very much. It's It's been an awesome interview, and I really appreciate it.
0: And for you younger generations out there, if you haven't heard of La Sombra, check out their catalog, check out their music. It's on it's it's on iTunes, it's on Spotify, it's out there. Check yes. it out. You won't be sorry.
1: I'd like to mention uh, this kid that I've been working uh-huh. before we finish. His name is Christopher, and we call him El Angelito de la Acordeon, and we also call him La Esperanza de la Musica Tejana. He's only 15 years old. And he's a monster on the accordion, a monster. He plays it beautiful. And I've been working for him, producing and arranging his songs for him. He's got three, uh, song releases. Cause we just started this last year. I think it was cause of my health, you know, and, and, but look, be looking out for Christopher L'Angelito L'Accordeon and, uh, and his recordings are also on all digital platforms and stuff like that.
0: La Esperanza de la Musica Tejano?
1: Yes, Tejana.
0: Tejana. So this is the the hope of Tejano music?
1: Yeah, he's the hope for Tejano music.
0: Wow. We'll check him out too. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. You're
0: welcome. Thank you for listening to Tuesdays with Andrea. There are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and I appreciate you making the time to listen to mine. If you like this show and want to know more, check out Tuesdayswithandrea.com or please leave a review on iTunes or drop a line in the YouTube comment section. Until next time, please stay kind in your mind, nice on the web, and stay hella hopeful in your heart.